Flying Air Taxi gives you the opportunity to just be all over the state of Alaska, and especially this area in Mount McKinley, and it's a wonderful opportunity, it's a great job. But there's a few instances over the many years and thousands of hours of flying that there's a few stories that kind of stick out. And uh, uh, one particular one was in the fall of, uh, must have been the early 80s, there was moose hunting season, and of course, beautiful fall day, the typical hunters show up, wearing the camouflage and the big Rambo knife and all this stuff. And, and they want to go moose hunting, of course. And um, so that was our job. We just fly them out to some place. And I always think, well, I'll fly them out to a big lake because if they do get a moose, I'll have a lot of room to get off. And it's a pretty easy deal. So anyway, these uh, three brothers show up on their camel, the big Rambo knife. And uh, the dynamics of the the brothers were very interesting. The older brother would always be picking on the younger brother, and the middle brother was always defending the younger brother. And it was always tit for tat constantly. Oh, that's too big. That's too much. What'd you bring that for? It's just constantly badgering the whole time. So we get them out to the lake, and not a big deal. Um, but then it commenced to rain for like five or six days. Cloudy, foggy, rain, same old, you know, aviator stuff. You know, getting out there back and forth. Um, so it got to be a couple days past their pickup time to pick them up. And uh, you don't want to just be a couple hours late because then they're just mad. But if you're two or three days late, they're so glad to see you that, <laughs> that it's not a, it's not, you're, you're the hero now, you're other than the bad guy. So, uh, so the weather was still up and down. And so I get in there and, and sure enough, they're, they're on the shore of the lake there and, and they have a moose. So as an air taxi operator, you go, oh, you, you really don't want them to get a moose because they're very heavy, love me. And they didn't have any uh, game bags. They had it all completely boned out, beautiful meat all up on these boughs. And uh, of course, the weather's going up and down. And so back then when we flew, we didn't have seats in the airplane. Um, pilot had his seat, but generally we just flew. If you could find a seat belt, you'd put it on. And so because they didn't have any, the meat in any bags, we just commenced to load the plane with the meat, so we had probably a foot of meat all over the whole floor of the airplane. <laughs> then they throw their stuff on board, and then they uh, uh, find a seatbelt best they can and, and get in, and everyone's all hunkered in, and obviously we're overloaded. We're overloaded already with just the moose. <laughs> but, of course, this is Chalatina Lake, which is a, a real big lake, and, and so uh, and the weather's down and everything's wet, but they were stuck in the tent for like three days, and the little brother wanted this moose hide. And he would just be cleaning it and flashing it and fussing with it and fussing with it. And the older brother's just on him about the moose hide, the moose hide. So finally, we get the whole plane you know, full, and we're really full. I mean, it was like a seal launch off the beach and full power just to keep from sinking. <laughs> but anyway, we look out the window, and of course, it's all getting foggy now. And the little guy, the guy's away in the back, and his face out the window. And everyone's got one of these big green army duffels sitting on their lap. So there's really virtually no room. And you look out, and there's the moose hide on the shore. So the brother brother goes, ha, 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 yeah, but there's the moose hide. I go, oh, no, 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 we can get the moose hide. So I, uh, it's very difficult to tie a moose hide because it's like a big ball of rubber bands. You, you get, well, especially when they're wet, and they're heavy. It's probably 200 pounds, and it's all wet, heavy moose hide. You know, they're like 8 to 10 square feet. They're, they're huge. So I figured I needed to start somewhere. So I just poked a hole in the hide and got a good purchase with a, with a line. And you know, if you don't know any good knots, you just tie a lot of knots. <laughs> and so, so I had this. And I, uh, 
put it on the outside of the float, and I started wrapping it, you know, like a crazy Christmas present. And, you know, there's hide bulging out, but it was on there pretty good. And so, uh, ran, we go down the lake. The lake's like five miles long, and after about five minutes, like, doesn't want to go, doesn't want to go, trying everything, and that poor Continental's just screaming. We get to the other end of the lake, and I couldn't slow down because the plane would actually probably just completely sink. So I turned around and then decided to go into the wind, which made a big difference. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> ran, just barely get it off the star, and get some money. And these guys are, you know, they're not flyers, so they're kind of scared. <laughs> and, uh, and I knew we were about, Talkeetna is about 350 feet above sea level. Chalatna is about 600 feet above sea level. So I knew it was all downhill. All I, all, I, all I had to do was break the ground. So we got off and we're, we're flying along. And I feel the plane kind of go like this. We start losing altitude. It's going like this. What the heck? I look out and, and the hide's gone. Well, it's not gone. It's fell off the float and it's hanging outside the airplane on about 20 feet of line. Now, only three times in my flying career have I had to ask somebody to get out of the airplane. Twice while we were in the air flying. So these guys, at this point, you know, their imagination is going, God, we're going to crash. It's going to be terrible. The older brother says to the little brother, if we survive the wreck, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> but anyway, so we had to make a plan. So I said, okay, someone, I mean, I look over at the guy who's by the door, I say, you're going to have to get out. <laughs> cut, th cut that loose. You know, the look on somebody's face when you tell them you got to get out <laughs> was uh, very interesting. So he's got his little pocket knife, and I've got him by the, by the back of the belt, and of course, uh, we're just full... Full, the noise this is tremendous because you couldn't dare come back off the throttle. I got him by the belt, and the other guys got him by the feet, and we're feeding him, we're feeding him out the door. And uh, of course, you have to hold full rudder to hold the plane, and I'm holding the door open and trying to keep it fly straight, plus the hide, you know, is, is pulling. So everything's forward, that poor engine. Just, and not, not bellowing, this engine is screaming. And because there's nothing else you can do at this point, we're all committed. <laughs> and uh, so I hear all this muffled, and the guy's holding his feet because <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't get a purchase. And uh, so and I couldn't hold the door very much. Oh, more so, okay, he, he couldn't reach because it's actually quite a ways down to cut the line because it was on one of the back uh, fittings. So uh, we drag him back in there. His hair's all braided. <laughs> his eyes are just big. <laughs> You know, and uh, the other brothers, get, get your ass out there, get there, we're going to die, we're going to die. So he says, I can't reach it, I can't reach it. So I said, okay, we're thinking. He says, I got an idea, let's take one of those rifles, and that guy with that big Rambo knife, let's tie the knife on the end of the, the rifle and, uh, and reach out and, and, and cut that line. So yeah, yeah, good idea, good idea. So this guy's got to go back out there. But it was turbulent and musty, and this knife was like, Razor sharp, you just get close to it and you're cut. And every time in the turbulence, he picked up a piece of wire that was on the floor. And one guy's turning the rifle and the other guy's trying to wire this knife on. But he's getting cut about every, every bump. And the guy in the front would pull out a piece of Kleenex and, and put it in the wound. So he's got, he looked like a Christmas tree with, with all these little red, red and white uh, things on his hands. And so, but now he's got to go back out. 
So, so he gets, he, 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 we get him again. I got him by the bell, and his friends got him by the feet, and he's, and he's trying to reach to cut this line, and he, and he still can't reach it. So I'm holding him, holding, and I hear him screaming out there. And right as he's coming in, I couldn't hold the door open anymore, and I, and I had him clamped in the, in the door, you know. And his little Edward Scissors hands is everywhere. Jesus, all the hair's all braided. He's completely frazzled. Finally, get him in the airplane, and then all of a sudden, well, we're going to die. You know, of course, people that don't fly, their immediate reaction is they're going to die. So it's okay. Okay, I got a plan. We're going to fly along. Of course, you know, we're running. We don't carry a lot of fuel. And we're almost back to Talkeetna by this time. And I said, is what we're going to do. We're going to fly along the spur road, and we're going to empty. We're going to throw everything out along the highway as we head home to lighten the plane up. And, and you guys can drive by and pick it up. <laughs> And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah they, they would do anything at this point to get out of this situation. And so, uh, and these, these uh, if you're familiar with a wet army duffel bag that's been packed with wet clothes, you can't pull a sock out of one of those duffel. It's really hard. And it had, the airplane had these bubble windows, so they'd only open like this much. And I couldn't hold the door open more than about, about a foot and a half. And then I can imagine, you know, sock at a time, all, all the way down the spur road trying to get rid of this stuff. Because you wanted the plane light. You know, you didn't want to land with a heavy plane. And it, I mean, I never came off. Everything's just to the stop the whole way. Going continental, three minutes. Oh, this has been 20. You know, you're just ready for it to go. And uh, so they were thinking, okay, okay, we got, we, we're running out of fuel now. We have to do something. We have to come in and land. So I'm going, oh, boy, how's this going to play out? And they're nervous, of course. <laughs> One option is we're going to touch down that water. That moose hide's going to grab the water, flip up over the tail. We're going to go pitch straight up in the air, and boom, go in like a lawn dart. <laughs> of course, they didn't like that idea. The other one was uh, it's going to jerk the whole floats right off the airplane <laughs> when we touch down. <laughs> then we come and land on the state strip. But of course, sitting on top of two, a foot and a half of bloody moose meat that isn't in any bags would give the medics a field day of what to do <laughs> with that mess. And so they're just going, oh God. And I told the other guy, I said, you know that piece of wire you used to tie that knife on? Well, that was holding your seatbelt on, so you're going to be thrown clear of the wreck anyway. <laughs> and so, oh, my time's up now, I guess. No, no, oh, okay. All right, anyway. Time to do this pilot <laughs> And so I could get it, and I could kind of see it come out there and come back and this and that. And anyway, uh, come in, you know, Christmas and late, and of course it's getting dark and foggy, and you scratch it to see, you know, because everyone, there's more humidity and wet from inside the plane than actually outside, so it's hard to see anyway. And the water got bigger and, and just kind of got sideways, and it just kind of skipped across the top, and, and then I just poof, went right in, in, and beached the plane poof, into the shoreline. And, uh, and the hide just kind of skipped off, so it was a little bit uneventful, but these guys are pretty shook up. They, <laughs> they, first of all, they're going, you know, am I alive? And of course, the older brother absolutely wanted to kill the younger brother because of the moose hide. But, he, but at the end of the, uh, the flight, he, he takes his rifle out. You know, he's still got all this Kleenex and, and bloody hands from getting cut about 20 times from this knife. And he holds it up in the air and he says, I'm going to leave this, nut, this rifle just the way it is. So 
I can remember this trip, you know, to this day. I've never talked to him since, but I'll bet that rifle's still hanging on his rack with that knife all wrapped on there. <laughs> but anyway, it ended good. It ended good.